morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are, no matter what time it is, it's a great day to be serving the Lord. Welcome to the Go You There podcast. I'm your host, Leland Johnson, and we are so thankful to have you with us today. It's the one thing that every missionary wants on their resume. It's the crown jewel. Just watch the face of a missionary when they proudly announce, my kid is a second generation missionary. Let's head into the open. In Genesis 18:19, God says of Abraham, for I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and that they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Training up our children is one of the main responsibilities that we have. And as missionaries, our kids are around us all the time. They get a look at ministry that few others do. I mean, even pastors' kids don't have to spend years of their lives in the car within five feet of their parents like missionary kids do. Unfortunately, on many fields, something as simple as letting the kids go outside and play can be an agonizing decision for many missionary parents. I remember in Bible college that one of my best friends was an MK. I remember how he loved to sit in his room and play computer games for hours, as did a lot of the other students, but he even more. I remember hearing other students roundly criticize him for his love of sitting alone for hours in his room. Now that I'm a missionary and have kids of my own, I understand better how that could happen. In today's episode, We talk with second-generation missionary Seth Lundy. We talk with him about some things that he feels were important that brought him to the point of becoming a second-generation missionary. Let's get started. We are so excited to be joined today by Seth Lundy. Seth Lundy is a second-generation missionary here in Brazil, and we're really excited to be talking with him about some of the challenges and some of the interesting circumstances that surround the lives of second-generation missionaries. Seth, it's really great to have you here in studio with us today. Hey there, it's great to be here too. Seth, let me start off by asking you, in a lot of people's minds, missionaries are successful, let's just say for lack of a better term, when their children are called back to the same field as a second-generation missionary. Mm -hmm. What type of pressure does that put on you growing up in your parents' house, knowing that that's something that maybe if it's not expected of you, that that's something that's desired? Yes. Well, I mean, it brings a tremendous pressure on us, especially your parents been on the field for 20, 25 years or so. And uh, when we get to a certain age, the question to all of us is, first of all, are you going to be a missionary just like your parents? And second of all, are you going to come back to the same ministry where your parents are at? And so it's a tremendous, I mean, it's a big, a big pressure, you know, and I don't know of any missionary kid who has not gotten that pressure. If it's not from pastors or people from the outside, it's from other missionaries. And if not, then it's from their own church people in the ministry where they're at. So you get that pressure everywhere. And depending on how the parents' interaction with the kids and everything and their view of the ministry, 
a lot of missionary kids I've seen, they've become resentful of that, and they've gone completely the opposite direction. There's good and bad side of it, but it can it can also, if it's not true or right, it can it can create some resentment in some missionary kids. So I guess it's a it's a tough spot to be in because on the one hand, if you don't come back, it's kind of viewed as wow, well maybe the parents didn't do everything they were supposed to, or maybe the kid really just doesn't have a heart for God. But then if you do come back, you kind of get the thought of, well, maybe they're just going back because that's where they grew up. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's a, 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 a lose-lose situation. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's one of the biggest things that we face. And that was a struggle I had. I mean, I, grew, I came to Brazil one years old, and... Uh, so I grew up all my life here. So I'm practically a Brazilian when I, in fact, I didn't even want to go off to Bible college outside of the country here because I just loved being here so much. So when I got there, the Lord obviously led me to go study out, but he worked that out while in my college years. And, you know, I realized he was calling me back, but that was the key. It was realizing that this was a call from God and it wasn't because this is what I've done all my life. So I have nothing else I'm good at. So I'm going to try to do that. And I think that's where many people get it wrong. Um, and even missionary kids who end up going back to their fields, they may even confuse that too. So there is cases where they go because it's it's comfortable. But we also have to understand that it's a call from God. You know, I know for certain in my personal life, God personally called me back to the field. And of course, I love the field. And, you know, I would go back to live there and everything. But I knew he was calling me back as a missionary in full-time ministry. It's just like normal in the States. If you had a kid who their family all work in business and the kid feels led to go into ministry, it's a calling of God. It wasn't the parents' fault. You know, it, it wasn't because they just don't like business. It's because God called them to that. So it's the same case for me. You know, I got back into ministry because it's a calling from God. I knew that's what God wanted. And so that's the key thing. So whenever people ask me, oh, you're just going back home, or you just grew up there. I say, well, I I know for sure that this is what God called. And I prayed about it, you know, and everything. And I've confirmed with the Lord, and the Lord gave me peace. And he called me just like he called you and other people to the areas where you're at. And so when God calls, I mean, there's no escaping it. Mm-hmm. You know? So you surrender it or not. And so this is God's calling in my life personally. You know, I've gotten many offers to go back to the States and work there. And yeah, I mean, churches probably could take care of me better than I would on the field. But I denied it, not because it, I thought I had better opportunities. I, it was because I knew that's what God wanted for my life. We have a lot of parents that listen. Mm-hmm. Parents of, of younger children that are growing up, maybe even ones that are at that age of deciding what they're going to do with their future. Mm -hmm. Having lived in a missionary's household all your life, what advice would you give to the parents Mm -hmm. as to how they can properly navigate the obvious desire to have their children in ministry with trying to understand what God's will is for that particular child? Yeah, well, that's a really good question because growing up on the field— and in ministry in general, I'm no different than a pastor's kid stateside. You know, the only difference is that I live in a different country. I did see a lot of kids who grew up in ministry all their life and they reached a certain age and they complete turned their backs at everything they were taught, everything they saw. And that always puzzled me. 
along the years I've observed and seen the difference between why is there a kid who loves ministry and will serve and even get called back, and why is there kids who completely rebel? Well, I think it all depends on the parenting, and it's different for every case, but I know for my case is there was no resentment created in the ministry, and my parents had a big part of that. I I knew my parents weren't perfect people, and they had their flaws, and uh, as missionaries, that was one of the hardest things because we have that pressure to live one way when we go visit churches or in our own ministry. Anyone in ministry, actually, I take that back. Anyone in ministry, pastor, deacons, or whatever, who's full-time ministry, they have that pressure and that struggle between living one way at home and one way at church. And it's the same case with here. And one key thing I would notice is that my parents, the same way they were at church in the ministry, they were the same way at home. There was no double standard that, that was there. And because I saw no double standard, I didn't resent them or or see any a double life. And so I didn't resent that. And so that was a key thing. And then the second thing is my parents never tried to t- teach me to love ministry. I mean, they just got me involved at any point, but they never forced me to get involved. They just let me be involved and they loved it. But I realized it was because they had a personal relationship with the Lord. And I think that's the key thing because their, their relationship with God was so real they didn't try to hide their flaws from me or they didn't try to appear as perfect parents for me and in front of other people. But with God's grace, they still kept our relationship with God and God was real in their life. That's what passed down to me. And so when I came to a certain age, I realized the same God in my parents is my God and he's become real in my life personally. And so when I learned to develop the relationship with God by watching my parents develop their relationship with God, that's what led me to love the work of the Lord. And so when God gets involved in it, there can't be any resentment or everything because, you know, God completes your life. And my parents made sure that every decision I made in my life, every big decision, it was God-guided and not because they wanted. My parents graduated from another Bible college than I did. And, of course, their desire was for me to go to their Bible college. But they never forced me. They never, they never said, this is what we want. And the Lord directed me somewhere else. And I know that's where God wanted me. I don't know how clear that was, but the personal relation with God is not present. And if there's not a genuine, something genuine there, then I think it's no wonder that we have kids who grow resentful and turn their backs. You know, so. Well, let me ask you this question, because mm-hmm. I, I would bet we have some parents that are cringing right now. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking, man, I have tried my best to live a life pleasing to God I have tried my best to not have a double standard in my home, and my kids aren't interested in coming back to the mission field. Are you saying that if my kids aren't interested in coming back to the mission field, that maybe it's a reflection on my lack of love for God or service to God in the home? No, Definitely not. I think there comes a certain point where your kid's going to have to decide for themselves if they're going to follow the Lord or not. I mean, that's the parent's role, is training their kids, passing down the tools so that they can then personally decide for themselves. And uh, we do the best we can, but then there's a certain point where they have to make the decision for themselves. And I know of many cases where the parents are involved in full-time ministry and the kids never did that. But the kids are still in God's will. Just God didn't guide mm. them the same way. Mm. So I think that you didn't fail on your side. I think parents, too, um, put so much pressure on themselves. They, in a way, punish themselves if the kids are not involved in ministry like they do. 
and uh, and that's that's really detrimental, especially to their kids, because they put a pressure that doesn't need to be on their kids, and that's where a lot of kids get resentful as well. And uh, like I said, my parents were never perfect parents, but I know they never put the pressure on me. I never once, I can say that assuredly, never once in my home did I, they, did I hear them say, you can be a great preacher one day. Man, Seth, I can't wait that you're going to be this missionary. They never once suggested that. In fact, when I had other ideas, you know, I wanted to be a doctor. I went through several phases. I wanted to be a doctor at one point. Then there was a phase when I wanted to be a uh, a firefighter, and then uh, I had several points in my life. I, I then I came to a point where I really wanted to be a music teacher because I love music and everything. Never once did they say, "Well, you know, uh, how about missionary?" Never once did they suggest that. They said, "If that's what God wants, then we're going to support that full time." And of course, it was a great joy to them when they saw that I was called to ministry. But never once did I get that pressure that I have to do that or I'm going to hurt mom and dad. And so that's another thing that confirmed that this was God's calling and that they left that up to the Lord. And so I don't think parents should ever think if the kids are in the Lord's will and the God is working them and called them a certain area, I don't think it's ever a failure or they failed if they didn't go. I think it, that's just God led a different direction. And uh, praise the Lord for that. And as long as they have that personal walk for the Lord and in the Lord's will, then you're successful, you know, as a parent because you trained them to decide to depend on the Lord and live an independent life depending on the Lord too. Most of, of what we've been saying here in the last couple of questions has been directed towards the parents. Mm -hmm. And we can all think of advantages of being a second generation missionary. Obviously there's the, you already know the language, you already have an idea of somewhere that you can come and serve. And, you know, if you want to continue with your parents, what are some struggles or some difficulties that someone can be aware of if they do feel that God is calling them back as a second-generation missionary? Well, uh, one of the key struggles, I never realized this. I grew up as a missionary kid, but I was always under my parents' ministry. When I left and I went through maturity phase, coming back now, I realized for the first time I was coming back now as a man grown up. But I was coming back as now a minister, as now a work in the ministry. So I got a whole new view of what ministry was like. Sometimes it can be a struggle as these kids coming back as missionaries because they feel like they're always under their parents' shadow and they can never have a ministry or be independent on their own. I felt that when I first got back, I was immediately, of course, I went to go work under my dad's ministry. It was rough for me because I wanted to do my own thing. So that was a big struggle for me. Um, I kept on, uh, I started developing my own ideas and everything. But at the same time, I realized this is what God wanted because it was gaining me experience. And I had to learn to submit. But my dad now was in a different view. He was no longer just my dad. He was now my leader. And so I had to learn to work as a second man under him. And now, you know, the Lord's taken them somewhere else. And now I'm building a new path on my own. And I'm having the struggles of doing my own. But um, I think the key thing is you got to learn to just find your sufficiency of Christ and uh, learning to accept Christ's will. Just accept Christ for himself. And, uh, and then learning to just be humble and submit no matter who you work with. And I thought to myself, if I can't work alone with my dad, and my parents, then I won't be able to work with anybody. And so, the, and it's hardest, I think, to work with family because they see your faults, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. see what they're really like and everything. 
And that's when it's hard to respect each other. But that was the key thing is I learned to respect him and he's learned to respect me. And I, of course, love like Christ will love. And if you can get over that, get through that through Christ's help, then I think you can pretty much make it anywhere else, work with anyone else, you know. And I know so many missionaries who separate because of the most petty differences because they don't agree with certain things. And they say it's 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 ministry philosophies. Well, a lot of times it's just because they just couldn't get along. Um, a lot of people leave because of pride. And so the Lord's used that to break my pride. And I'm still learning. But I think that's a key thing. That's one of my biggest struggles I've had. Wow, Seth, that is great information. That's excellent, excellent information, not only for missionaries, but also for that second or third or even fourth generation that's coming up that's really trying to decide what God has for them and how to go about making that transition. Thank you so much for being able to come and share it with us. We really appreciate it. You know, it's funny to me how raising an MK to be a second-generation missionary always ends up at the top of a missionary resume. You know, normally I'm not super critical, but allow me to be just for a moment to challenge the status quo. My son, who just turned 13, recently told me that he feels that God is calling him to the mission field. You know, I was really excited, but really cautious as well. As missionaries, many times we run our kids all around the country on deputation and furlough. They complete many of their classes in the car or in the back seat of pews during missions conferences. And when we're on the field, education takes a back seat to ministry. Our kids grow up ill-equipped to do anything other than work an entry-level job for the rest of their lives. Or, because building a work is difficult, as our kids grow up, they become the default workers playing instruments, leading ministries, and doing everything else. So that when it comes time to follow God's plan for their own lives, even though we never say it out loud, they feel so much pressure to come back and help us that they feel trapped. The choice to come back to the field becomes more of a necessity than a calling. You know, I want my kids to choose to serve God despite every other option being available, not because it's the only option available. If my son goes to the mission field as a second-generation missionary, I will be so proud. If my son goes to the mission field as a second-generation missionary, I will be proud. But, and I say this honestly, I will not be any more proud than if God calls him to be a doctor, a pastor, or a police officer. But I would be disappointed if he's not serving the Lord. It's really no different than secular parents who put pressure on their kids to take over the family business or follow in their footsteps as a doctor or lawyer. I never want my kids to feel pressure to be the crowning jewel of my ministry. On the other hand, if my kids walk away from the mission field at 18, thinking that being paid to tell people about Jesus Christ is anything other than the greatest and luckiest opportunity that anyone in the world can have, I'll be disappointed with myself. Let's get out of here. We've got some great shows lined up for you over the next several weeks. We've got another great resource coming up for you. We take a look at a few women's issues, talk with some single missionaries, and a whole lot more. Don't forget that you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Go Ye There, or you can visit our website at www.goyethere.com. 
In our next show, we're going to be talking with two single missionaries, Carrie Phillips and Nate Hudson, about the challenges of single missionary life. We hope that you'll join us. Thank you.